0: To the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I know this because I'm your host, Seth Singleton. How I also know this is episode number 144. If you've been with us for all 144 episodes, we're gonna get you something. I don't know what, but we're gonna we're gonna find it. For right now, we have an amazing list of stories, and my gift to you right now is the fact that you don't have to listen to just me. I'm here with the amazing Brad Flicky. He makes it always better. Brad, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing okay. I uh, hope everybody listening is doing okay too.
0: Right there with you, man. Right there with you. Uh, <laughs> if we're gonna get <laughs> through everything, if we're if we're going to see a future, it's gonna be together. You know what I mean? Like that's the one thing I can always count on. Um, and right now, I think this is one of those times when we, as a community, need to be reminded of our strength, especially when we have an opportunity to uh, to share it with and four others and i'm saying that because our first story is one that is hard to share hard to even say but it was recently announced by george perez himself on his facebook page that he has cancer and a short window in which he expects to try and enjoy the parts of his life he most treasures And uh, man Brad I'm just going to give you an opportunity to to share your thoughts on this announcement and and how the community has been feeling and responding and you personally since we heard about it.
1: Oh man this this was hard. Uh and it's uh it's uh, I don't know what the right word to use is special but it's but it's special for me to talk about him on a DC Related podcast because so much of his work in my mind is associated with his work with DC because a lot of his uh, a lot of his iconic work came out right when I was really getting into comics in the 80s Um, with Crisis. I mean, his covers on Crisis were incredible, Uh, and um, his work right after that on One Woman are two of my favorite bits of comic, you know, pieces of comic art um, in those early days of collecting. So I always associated him with, um, with DC. And it's such such a shame. He, he's such a legend. Um, you know, words can't describe his influence on comic art. And he has, <clears throat> he has such a nice reputation. And I even I, I think that uh, Steve has gotten to meet him, so I'm sure when Steve gets back on with us, he can share some of those some of those stories. And I I just can't even imagine to get that kind of news. And uh you know he's putting up a brave fight. He's deciding not to uh, not to do chemotherapy and uh and all that. And I I you know I you know the essence is for hope. And I, I'm just hoping that he He can fight it out and is with us for longer than is expected you know i'm I'm saying little prayers, so what about you yeah
0: my My immediate response is just heartfelt gratitude you know for the amazing gifts he's given us over the decades you know um, it was just this past November one year ago when I lost my dad to prostate cancer, and it was a it was a long, hard road, and we didn't know what sort of time frame and Suddenly it went from we could have a long time to a very short period of time, and then he was he was gone um and time just becomes one of those relative things right now i I immediately think you know, and I feel like this is kind of one of those things that I've always been grateful to someone on this podcast to say. Uh I'll, I'm happy to say it this time uh, simply because it's the first thing that comes from my mind is to the family, to every member of his family experiencing this news. I am I'm aware of what it meant to me, and I can only use that as a framework for understanding what you might and are feeling. But I, I do know that right now it, there is a gift of time for every second and every minute and every day. Um, that can be spent and treasured and gratitude for everyone that has come before this. And if I can offer that in any way, that as a, a small solace and also just as a an attempt to be grateful and understanding, I would, I would just say that to George Perez and his family. Um, and I'm sure I'm echoing the hearts and minds of so many comic fans that you just did, Brad, when you were talking about what he gave to D.C., with those amazing um, moments in art that are immortalized. I mean, Crisis on Infinite Earths changed things uh, so much for fans, and those covers, those moments. You know, he brought them to life. He made them real. Uh, for me, it was about uh, the Titans, the way he brought you know this wonderful joy to a book about a team of sidekicks, to the the things that they faced. Um, I, I to this day. Brother Blood is one of the most (laughs) creepy and horrifying and amazing villains I've ever come across. And I'm waiting for the day I see him represented, not as much as he was in the CW, but as he was in those comic book pages because it, it was beautifully horrifying. And I'm grateful to him for it. And then later, I was totally sucked into Wonder Woman and the War of the Gods in the early 90s, 91, I think it was, or something. And that was such a wonderful thing to make that connection to him to see his name on on those covers and pages and just kind of get wrapped up in the excitement of it. Um, He gave such an amazing gift. And now that he's, as I understand it completely, or to my best of my understanding, facing stage three pancreatic cancer, the thing that amazes me is that he points to what he can still do and the fact that he can still sign his name and that his goal is to – have maybe one or maybe a few uh signings where he gets the chance to see the fans who have cared so much for him and have provided so much support and you know given him that love in his career um, and the opportunity to maybe make the passing a little easier for his family both financially in whatever ways this can um that's there's a magnitude there that I can't even really comprehend. Like, could I be that unselfish? You know, should I be faced with the same experience? Can I be that giving and honest? And I don't know, maybe, but I can aspire to it now. And I'm I'm grateful for George for that, for what he gave us in comics, for what he's continuing to give us now. But that's that's what I'm reminded of right now. That's the thing that's really getting me, is the sense that... So many choices you might have or want to choose when it comes to how you would spend your last time, and I'm I'm amazed and just humbled by his choice. Yeah, that was that was just me talking a lot, but
1: well, you know, I I think that when it comes down to it, we could spend a whole podcast just talking about this one story, you know. So don't feel bad for talking. Oh, wow <laughs> thanks man. Know, I mean, it's, yeah yes it's uh, um yeah i mean that was hard news hard news to hear
0: yeah and i would like to say i'm um, you know i've processed it or i'm processing it but even as we're talking about it now i'm i'm moved by the you know <laughs> by the attempt to understand it and the you know those 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 so sort of human limitations where you're like yeah that's all I got. That's the best I can do, and um, I'm grateful I can uh, attempt it. Yeah, um, yeah. Stay, stay with us. We'll we'll do our best to bring you updates as they come for announcements of anything regarding signing, um, anything else that that might be uh, available for us to share regarding this news. And we're always happy to receive your thoughts and comments. We as a community know how much. This makes us all feel and uh, well we're here because of you so we're grateful for every chance we can connect and share and with that we're going to go ahead and keep moving into the rest of our news because we have plenty but we wanted to take a moment and give our thoughts and allow you to share with us uh, the news regarding George Perez as we move into our traditional categories we're going into movies next and we have an announcement that the batman coming out soon from warner brothers reportedly tested two cuts of the film including one with a big name dc character brad i'm gonna go ahead and let you let the cat out of the bag on that one
1: oh man i i don't know where to start with this one um i you know, the, the rumor is is that uh, Barry Keegan, I think I might be pronouncing his name right or wrong. I'm not sure, but Barry Keegan, will be playing the Joker in the film. Uh, that's not confirmed, and there's very little evidence. So I would I I, I think he could ta- have an interesting take on the character, especially in in kind of a manner that we wouldn't see him a lot, because obviously with the Riddler, Catwoman, and Penguin, you're going to have a lot of characters to deal with you don't need to add joker too much into that mix but it would kind of be cool to get a little hint so i would i would like it that it happened and i would like if that would be the 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 cut that warner brothers decides to go with um, i'd be curious if that is just a rumor if you know what is this character and who is the actor and what what is going to be warner brothers justification For which cut to show us the cut with this mystery character and actor, possibly the Joker or the one without, because I don't know if I necessarily always trust Warner Brothers to make the right decisions in those things in in, in those ways. So uh, fingers crossed that they make the right one in this case. Um, And if, if we do not happen to get to see what this character and the actor is. Hopefully they'll release it as a bonus feature on the Blu-ray or as a YouTube video or something so that we at least get to see it. So uh it definitely picks my interest and you know, but it doesn't I'm so excited for this movie that I made at this point that um it doesn't really change my excitement at all. I just I just bottom line is that I just hope Warner Brothers makes the right decision in what cut to show. What about you? <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, that's the challenge, right? Can they do right by us? Come on now, Warner Brothers. Come on now. You know what we're asking. You know what we're talking about. We've all been paying attention the past year and how certain things have, you know, raised our questions about what you guys are doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, the biggest challenge about this is, you know, <laughs> is it much to do about nothing? And then there's also the context. Um, you know, I appreciate everything you were just describing there. You know, one Either way, I'm excited for the movie. So this doesn't change that. that that's just the way it is. Um, whether or not I, I get more excited, should some part of this be confirmed? I, I think the interesting part is that the Hollywood reporter who is uh, reporting on this and that this article was referencing is really quick to point out that there's no evidence right now that, uh, yes, I can't pronounce his last name either. Kyogen Keegan? Keegan? hogan uh probably gonna be like a keegan Kyogan thing um and please if you have comments about that just tell me dude you totally ruined it and i get it or you know you said it right the one time and anyway Uh, i am intrigued by the idea that we do know that he appears to be playing a police officer in the uh gotham city police department and that's where I find that you could really get the murkiest out of it, because even if you leave this cut in with this actor and that um, character, there could be an interesting hint towards the Joker through that character. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, granted, yeah. there's the idea of, you know, wow, what well, it you door or direct? But maybe, but maybe there's also, <laughs> I mean, the really interesting quandary of, of knowing that. One of the biggest problems with Gotham Gotham police department is corruption and the idea of there being a corrupt officer who also is connected to the Joker in some way, whether a mole or something that that, you know, there's a lot of potential to go in a lot of different directions. But I love that there's so much interest in the possibility of already after having a movie that we know is supposed to be focused more on the Riddler eventually having the Joker because, you can go in a lot of different directions. One, it's the great way to introduce a new version of the Joker. Two, if you like the joke, Griddle War, this is a great opportunity to see how that could play into it. There's there's plenty of material to play with. And you know, you know, comic fans, all you have to do is start going through some back issues, man, and you'll suddenly see a connection or how it can work.
2: <laughs>
0: and you're just there like, well, hey, this could. Be-. So I think the the big thing is how much confirmation, you know. We don't have, but how much excitement is generated, especially because, you know, we're, we're also getting confirmed news about other Bat family characters. I'm moving us to our next story because it has been celebrated in the announcement that, uh, well, Brendan Fraser, who we knew would be in the upcoming Batgirl project has uh well he's been identified as to which character he's going to be playing brad you want to share with the uh the good folks what we know
1: yes the rumors are confirmed uh he will be playing firefly so uh you know welcome well we you know i guess i shouldn't say welcome aboard we knew that he was in the movie and playing the villain but now we finally get the confirmation that he will be playing firefly and uh this is cool this is you know, and I've said this before, but one of the greatest things about the Batman characters is the villains. And there's such a wide variety that you, and just even in the recent years on film, we've got to see Joker, uh, Black Mask and on television in Gotham. We got to see, and in Batwoman now, we're getting to see Poison Ivy and Black Mask again. And uh, and the Batman, we're going to be seeing the Riddler and uh, Penguin. And now we're going to get to see a live-action Firefly. And who doesn't love Brendan Fraser these days? He's got such a, a, a great reputation for being a, a nice guy. And it's kind of like a Brendan Fraser renaissance that we're experiencing as far as, you know, the, the social media buzz around him, and people wanting him to get back. So... I think having him connected will uh, kind of up the profile of the movie. I think it'll uh, maybe get people to tune in who wouldn't normally. And I always would think that if I was an actor, I would love to play villains the most. So hopefully he'll have fun with with playing a villain. So, yeah, I'm glad he's playing Firefly. And, um, you know, it's... It's been really fun to watch this production come together because it has been happening pretty fast. So that's that's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to, uh, to more news and maybe more looks of him as Firefly. Uh, what about you?
0: This is a really fun story for a lot of reasons. One, I love the fact that it's um, announced and confirmed through a birthday celebration. <laughs> They're actually <laughs> celebrating his birthday on set. And through that process, they're like, oh, yeah, he's Firefly. (laughs) Guess what? It's his birthday, but it's not, you know, you get a present, too. Guess who? Guess who, Brendan. And I love what you were saying about the idea of a renaissance. It's like a renaissance,
2: right? Yeah, Um, yeah, there you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I remember when um, Matthew McConaughey was getting uh, a lot of uh, recognition for, um, uh, it was a movie where, I can't think of the name of the title, it's got a very fun title to it, but in which he really stretched himself as an actor. And afterwards, there was reference to other projects he was working around at the same time. And I remember it was Christopher Nolan who worked on on uh, Interstellar and said, yeah, I'm actually not a big believer in the uh, McConaughey-a-sons. And I was like, oh, I was not familiar with that term, but now with Renaissance, it seems kind of fun. Yeah, man! It, well, what a nice guy! What, what an unbelievable job he's done, you know, on television playing Robot Man, or the more often, you know, doing the voice work that goes with that. While we also have the other actor portraying uh, the actual physical representation of Robot Man, but also, you know, he's really sort of been dabbling his fingers in a lot of different projects right now. And I agree, it's it's clearly, you know, a uh, a restart and a relaunch and, and a fun way to see him. of everywhere i love the idea of him playing firefly no matter which version of the character we end up getting i feel that he can bring that that emotional weight that we need from a great villain like firefly someone who is so conflicted someone who is driven by that conflict as well as desire and and all the problems it creates and yet in a lot of ways, for all the destruction he causes, it's it's hard not to feel, you know, um, sometimes pity, sometimes um, a degree of understanding for, for what he's fighting against. So I think Brendan's going to do a great job uh, portraying that on screen and bring that emotional weight to a villain that that makes them someone that you understand, you know, this this isn't someone who wants to be this way, but this is who they are. And it makes a mixture of tragedy, which I think also uh, really is one of those things that Batgirl has always you know, succeeded at, the uh, emotional complexity in, in telling these really interesting and driven stories. Now, I'm not going to say that this next one isn't complex. I'm sure it will be, actually, but just shifting gears, um, we have some news coming out about uh, Black Adam. And I think... Dwayne Johnson could probably teach a master class on promotion because the man knows how to get people interested in what he's doing. And we have another new look, some photos, and wow, even the possibility of Black Adam versus Superman? Dwayne Johnson seems to think all of these things are, are happening. So, Brett, what would you think about the photos and you know, what what Mr. Johnson has to say about... Black Adam versus soups
1: well i would say cool your jets we need to figure out what's happening with henry cavill <laughs> first so i love you dwayne but just just take a breath <laughs> um but the the photos are really cool i'm looking at the total film cover. Um, You know, The the Rock has such an interesting look. You always know it's The Rock. It's not going to be anybody else. But what's interesting to me about this is I don't feel like I'm looking at The Rock. I feel like I'm looking at Black Adam. So I I really think he's got good control of the character and how he's going to play it. And he's got a definite firm sense of who the character is. Or you wouldn't have that kind of confident look in his face that is, is telling me I'm not looking at the rock, I'm looking at Black Adam, and that is very intriguing. And um, yeah, I, I just love how much he loves this character and how much he's into doing this. He's like a kid in a candy store, and it's 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 been uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of fun to to watch. And um, you know, Total Film has. Uh, They always do such great cover stories and they always break these photos first, it seems. I really wish that uh, it was easier to get my hands on in America since it's a British magazine. But, um, you know, these pictures behind the scenes, uh, it looks like there's one of maybe The Rock looking at some dailies or some shots on a a big iPad. Um, He's got the cloak on. So it's. Uh you know it again, they're just like these little teaser images that are getting people really excited um, and back to the Superman thing um I like that he's teasing it, but i I think that that might be uh a little ways away, but you never know, you never know um if this movie blows up, and when the rock's involved, you're always. Guaranteed a possible blockbuster, if not guaranteed a blockbuster. So maybe that will get more people interested in the idea of having Superman fight Black Adam. So, uh, so we'll see. Uh, what about you?
0: For starters, I completely agree with the transformation of The Rock, who is already, you know, a very recognizable figure and can portray the comedic sides of characters as well as the very serious. He, in those pictures you're talking about from Total film, he clearly is embracing the spirit of uh of a Black Adam because that that look on his face pure menace that first shot where he, you know you can see the camera, but you can tell he's in character just there's a severity there that is identified and recognizable in Black Adam that I feel is being reflected in that performance by Dwayne Johnson. It's just really powerful i mean that idea of seeing that on screen as he's acting that scene and understanding how he can bring that to life through this character is going to be ridiculous when he um finally has the chance to show us what they've been working on for all these years and i I can understand how while you're performing that if you're having conversations about the future of this character why not see, you know that matchup with Superman because fans who know Black Adam know that he has a very severe sense of right and wrong. And he also, since his return, has embraced the responsibility that comes with, um, I mean, how long he's been around and the history of a land that he was once connected to and he wants to reconnect to as well. The fact that he can stand up to Superman through the magic. That it gives him his powers, the one vulnerability that that Superman really struggles with has allowed Black Adam in comics to become the ruler of conduct and create that very interesting political power dynamic and the concept of seeing Superman and Black Adam go toe to toe and then afterwards there be you know that same degree of Superman represents a lot of these different countries and provides a lot of great support for different countries, but some countries have their own heroes. And Black Adam, as the hero of Kandak, creating this really fun power struggle dynamic in the movies would be huge. I mean, <laughs> it, we've seen what it's done in comics. I think it would be an amazing opportunity in uh, in film. And given that understanding and how much time I'm sure he spent with the character, I think he's looking at that, too. I think he's looking at the idea of like, hey, I have somebody who can. I mean, one of the things about Conduck is is how many different villains have been able to operate out of there since, or how many others who have causes that Black Adam believes in have been associated with that, using that setup to bring those characters on the screen and have him be kind of the the big power in that in that region. Ah, oh, there's there's some great stuff that we could have there, so. I get why he's excited, but, Brad, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to cool my jets for right now. I'm going to let him bring his first movie to the, the screen, get excited about that, and then we can start talking about put him ups and duke-em-outs and, and all that fun <laughs> stuff. Um, <laughs> and why just keep it to Superman? Why not have a few other characters get into the fray and have like a true-on melee? Because that's where it gets exciting. Maybe Aquaman would be up to it, because in our next story, um, it's just been confirmed that Aquaman 2 has wrapped production, as said by the Aquaman himself, Mr. Jason Momoa. Brad, what do you think about this announcement and the fact that how much longer is it now till we get to see it on
1: screen, right? Yeah, um, what, like a year, I think, is uh, what we're looking at. I think it comes out December of 2022. I think um, you're right yeah so oh, back that i <laughs> uh, now that now that um they, they they've wrapped shooting, I hope that they can uh, cut a little teaser trailer together soon to give us a little tease of uh of some footage um, but this is this is you know really great news because we dealt with so many delays and you know, just everything getting slowed down through COVID. And this was a production that was hit pretty hard. So we, the crew got through it, the cast, they did it. They made it through COVID and they shot this movie. And now, uh, you know, can't wait to see it. Um, I, I, I think that there's still a lot of excitement for Jason Momoa in this role. So, I think that um, the buzz will be pretty big when we do get to see some footage. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited, and by all accounts, it's going to be even bigger and crazier and over the top than the first one, and that's pretty hard to do. So you know, lay it on me. Let's uh, let's see some footage. Oh, what about you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges always with the the first movie uh, about a you know a hero and a character is they're becoming, right? And becoming is hard enough, but then there's being. Like, what do you do once you get to? <laughs> so now you're in Atlantis. You know, you're 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 still torn between the two worlds that you've always lived between, but you're responsible uh, for both of them. And what does that conflict look like? Plus, there's the stuff that the article points out that, that we know, which is that Black Manta is going to be back. Um, King Orm is rarely or former King Orm is rarely out of the picture. <laughs> um, you know, there's 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 always going to be, which I think is the fun part when you have more than one sort of adversary to contend with, is that they're each operating under their own motivations, and the conflict that they cause, not only for the main character, but then for each other, Uh, as the, the, you know, interests begin to conflict, it, it really creates that fun thing where, who knows? I mean, it could be that Orm agrees to help out Aquaman at some point, because to fail to or fall to Black Manta means the end of Atlantis as we know it. You know, or it could be that, you know, Orm goes so nuts that, aquaman you know would partner with manto or some other crazy combination you know what i mean like you can really play with a lot of different possibilities and through it all you're going to have this great tension of of these conflicting forces and getting to explore that getting to actually like you know see aquaman as as someone who's more part of uh the communities in the two worlds that he exists in i think there's a lot of great stuff to look forward to in this and clearly stuff that can be expanded on for future projects plus i like the idea that between now and the release as you point out december 16 2022 there's always the chance for some sneak peeks some teasers some you know hey what's that um (laughs) <laughs> and I love that as the different post-production stuff is put in that we're going to probably get a feeling. Plus, um, between now and then, we should be looking forward to another DC online event as we've had the past two years and yeah. maybe some great stuff to come out of that. So, yeah, man, a lot of excitement there, a lot to enjoy. And uh, got Aquaman to thank for it. Hey, as we shift gears into uh, TV and streaming news, as that wraps up our movie stuff, Our uh, TV and streaming news does connect to one of our movie news stories. As was pointed out by Brad, you know, Penguin will be appearing in The Batman and he will be played by Colin Farrell. But now there is talk about a Colin Farrell Penguin series on the TV streaming side of things. But as you pointed out, you know, villains are a big part. If not one of the biggest parts of Batman's stories, what do you think the idea of uh, having a streaming series about a villain like Penguin, who might even be heroic to some people? I, I don't know. How do you think this could shape out?
1: I I really like this idea because I think that um, the Penguin is a character that um, kind of doesn't get the respect that um, that he deserves, or it's a character that is not seem to be what he could be um and the idea of of the whole series uh would really give that character uh an opportunity to shine and uh matt reeves is going to executive produce as well as colin farrell so um you would have some definite um Good talent behind it, and good talent that cares. Um, uh, you know, it's Warner Brothers seems to be pretty confident that people are gonna like the Batman because we're, we already have a Gotham PD spinoff happening, and maybe possibly this. The one thing though that that um, worries me is that HBO Max did not comment, so it's probably not a sure thing yet. But I would, I I personally I would like to see it. I would like to see it happen. What about you?
0: I would definitely like to see it happen because it makes me think that there is some element we might get that glimpse of in the Batman in which the Penguin believes he's the hero of his own story, right? Where he, he's pretty clear like in his mind, like, I'm the only one who keeps civility in Gotham. I'm the one who keeps the other sides from tearing each other apart. I'm the one who, uh, you know, came up through whatever my adversities were, and I'm a success. Whatever the, or a survivor, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. depending on how you view the world, it's very easy to do things that others would think is completely reprehensible or, you know, villainous. And yet, based on the motivations that that character believes in or how they view the world, they could see them as righteous, just, or simply, hey, this is how you know, the real world works, or this is how I've learned to make, you know, my way in the world, and it it works for me, and there have been characters in the past, I mean, I I feel like, I think it was a story where we referenced something about Dexter, and you and Steve both had some great responses to that, and that's a story about a character who (laughs) does bad things, but to bad people for, in their minds, justifiable reasons, right? So I love the idea of this. I am intrigued by what you said about HBO Max not responding. But I also feel like that could be them, you know, sort of waiting to see how the temperature is in response to this first announcement and then follow up. But I'm also intrigued by the part that the more I was thinking about it, and then as I heard you reference it, that this is the second spinoff that would be coming out of the Batman with one focused on Gotham City Police Department. What a really fun way to then have the Batman movie And then one of these projects comes out, and then it teases up the other project. So either Gotham into Penguin or Penguin into Gotham. And how that would be a really lovely thread between those three, the movie and the two series, which would be a lot of fun. And if there's one thing I'm um, discovering is that we can hope for a lot of great new projects for DC on the HBO Max platform. We've got Peacemaker coming out soon that's spinning out of uh, Suicide Squad and the potential for this to continue and for hbo max to kind of become what dc universe had started as Uh, a lot of good things to look forward to and the great quality we've seen up to this point so far really encourages me so with that yeah hard not to be excited for for all the different reasons we were just describing and because it's just the first on our list of tv streaming news that's right that's right we also have announcements about um, a comic that I loved, and Brad, I've heard you extol as well, and uh, it's the series Naomi, and the announcement that Stephanie March will be joining that series. Brad, what did you think about this announcement and uh, what it means for Naomi?
1: Uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm not familiar with uh, Stephanie March's work, and then I looked and find out that she is on uh, SVU. Law & Order SVU, and I am probably one of the few people that does not watch Law & Order, so I'm still not familiar with her work. Um, but she is playing a character, Akira, who is, says, uh, originally from A Planet Far, Far Away, uh, who's hiding on Earth, and Naomi uh, seeks her out looking for answers. Um, so that's that seems like an intriguing role. I, I, I just can't wait for the series, because I was uh, a big fan of... Um, of the book. Uh, I I thought she would be a perfect character for a CW show, and I'm so glad it's happening. I'm so glad that uh, at least one of uh, Verney's projects made it. We're still not getting the new gods, but we are getting Naomi, and I can't wait. This is probably, as far as TV goes for 2022, one of the things that's on the top of my list that I'm looking forward to. So um, this is kind of one of those things where every bit of news I really enjoy getting, and uh, good for Stephanie March that she'll be playing this uh, recurring role. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think
0: it's a great announcement for uh, for the series. One, I'm not familiar with uh, Stephanie March, and I am with you in that I don't watch Law & Order SVU. And I'm sorry to the swaths of people who do, um, and you can berate me for that. And I have to be honest, the other show, The Invention of Lying, now I'm wildly intrigued. Like, that's one I haven't had a chance to check out, but the title makes me want to watch it, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, you know, if you had a show called Bad Things Bad People Do, I'd be like, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. <laughs> so this one catches my attention, The Invention of Lying. All right, all right, let's get there. And um, I, I do like the idea of the character. I love the story of Naomi, and I love that there's this potential with. As the events in the the comic have pointed out and they've later gone into with Justice League, the idea of where her powers come from and what what they mean as far as their source and what else is out there in that source. Now we have the idea of a character potentially from um, either a place similar to or completely different from. But I, I like the idea that she's uh, in hiding until Naomi gets discovered and how that's going to play out. But yeah, Brad, you're right. Like when I read the book, I immediately thought, how soon can we get this into a series? Everything about it spoke to me in those ways. And I recently maybe a couple of weeks back, I, I saw that they had a, you know, the hardcover edition, had to grab it. Like, okay, I have melted. I'm getting this collection too, because it's gorgeous. Yeah. And- <laughs> it's yet another way i can read it without ripping up the individual issues accidentally which is always the great fear um so i i think this announcement is a fun one i love that they're continuing to let us know that this project is moving forward as you said if we can't have new gods from Deverne, let's let's make sure we get naomi because this one and that teaser was so pitch perfect everything about it completely worked for me yeah. that I, I was already like, okay, how how much sooner? And an announcement like this tells me just a little bit closer. What's that old song? Yep. Every day it's <laughs> a- getting closer, coming fast. Yep. Yep, exactly. <laughs> So with that kind of excitement, I bring us into our next story. We've got a trailer for Superman and Lois Season 2. Ooey, gooey, fresh and chewy. Brad, what do you think about this one?
1: uh you know i the you know the first season really blew me away uh it was better than I was expecting and uh like I say about titans it's it's a show that still hasn't reached its plateau yet, and this trailer makes me realize that um this season might even be better than uh the first one, the characters are getting more entrenched in who they are. And, uh, you know, you didn't get to see a lot, but it definitely is getting me excited, uh, excited for season two. Uh, what about you?
0: Man, that first season, that first episode really moved me so quickly. It, 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 it as soon as they explain the story behind. The characters behind the two sons behind their challenges and their gifts, And, and also there was something about the way um, I'm totally blanking on the actor's name now, but his narration of that first episode is something I can still hear when I talk about it or think about it. And that spirit I felt carried through the entire series. Um, It's been pretty amazing. And that they were able to bring in so many great ideas like the eradicator and so much more. um, And really, I felt in the first season, do so much. I was already excited for what the second season, the trailer. And I actually first saw the trailer because I saw a post from one of the creators who I started following some time back. And I just loved that his tag for the post was, you don't even know. You just don't even know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Get ready. And I love that enthusiasm from a creator and storyteller. You know, when someone's like, you know how good it is? I wrote it, and I'm that excited about it. Okay, like, <laughs> I love that kind of enthusiasm. So I'm, I'm really excited for it. I feel that it's going to do a lot of great things, and, and I love that it, it, for me, it pulls at the heartstrings in all the best ways for the reasons I want it to. And every time I sit down to watch it, I know I'm going to, you know, really enjoy the experience. I'm going to feel the good and the bad, but I love watching a show where I know I'm going to feel I don't know how else to describe it. It's just knowing that almost heightens the experience. With that, I bring us to our last of the uh, TV and streaming news announcements. And that is that The Flash is adding Mika Abdallah as Tinia Wazo for season eight. I don't know if I pronounced any of those names right, but I did. So, Brett. (laughs) <laughs> Other than my pronunciation, <laughs> what do you
1: think about this news? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 uh kind of cool that we're going to be getting uh another member of the Legion of Superheroes. Um, as the article says, we we know that in the Arrowverse that the Legion of Superheroes exists because they've appeared in uh, Supergirl, but uh, we have not. Uh, seen phantom girl who that that is who tanya wazo is so uh that's interesting and her power she can kind of phase through objects uh so that'll kind of be cool to fun to watch on the show um yeah it'll be cool to see how she weaves in i i'm behind in the flash so i don't know if it's an obvious choice for phantom girl to be included but um I'm always kind of down for these characters that we haven't seen in live action before get their live action moment in the sun. So, yeah, I think this will be kind of cool. What about you?
0: I know her from the uh, Legion series. I I never knew how to pronounce her name. And I when I realized I was going to have to say it out loud, I was like, I don't know where to go. And I'm, I'm burned because of that. But Phantom Girl is a really cool character. Um, and I'm, I'm interested you know, to see how they're going to portray Because they also mentioned the story when they had to change uh, to Apparition. And what sort of combination they want to do of those versions of the character. Um, I haven't seen anything. Because I've been watching the Armageddon religiously. Like I, I've been really sucked into it. I think they've done a great job. In fact, they've done an amazing job. I've really been blown away by the last couple of episodes. Like the first one, it was good. But the last two have been so unbelievable that I've really been like sucked in. Like, okay, you guys are really, man, you're impressing me a great deal. I think the fun thing about um, bringing in Phantom Girl this way is that, as you said, Brad, one, we get a chance to see these characters that we've only known through comics. And watching them realized is, you know, figures on the screen, and their powers on display. Um, Flash has done a really nice job with the visual effects side of things, so I I think that's something they can represent well. And I'm also interested in what her story will be after, as this story points out, she becomes the uh, subject of an Iris West article for Citizen Media, and suddenly is exposed. Um, I also like the idea that this is a character who, you know, popped up in the Legion, where it takes place how far in the future. So what's the story about her being here in the present and also what this version means in comparison to the stories that she appeared in the comics. So I think it's always fun when they sort of take what we know and then they're like, yeah, we're just doing this. We know what you know, we know, but for this we're gonna do just a little bit different. And somehow the changes always add that twist to it that for me as all the excitement Just like we've got a little more excitement coming your way after this quick ad break. And then we'll be back. We've got some comic book news. We've got some other news. You're going to want to stick around.
2: This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you, and to hear your scores when you share them with us, right here on the DC Comics News Podcast.
1: Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher.
2: First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about The stories, a show celebrating Batman, the animated series, week by week, episode by episode, just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the knight. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Madpuff, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn! Harley fing Quinn! What have we
1: learned from this crazy
2: show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since
1: 1966. Oh look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the battle Nods. I definitely do not f that in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f with Lois Lane. For f' sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm.
2: Educational and informative, the DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn Past. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers.
0: promised the ad break is over we are back you're listening to dc comics news weekly podcast i'm your host seth singleton i'm with the amazing brad Falicki. and to kick off our comic book news section now that movies tv and streaming are out of the way we have a tom taylor exclusive from dc um brad what'd you think about this exclusive dc deal he just inked?
1: oh man uh this is great being a DC fan, because I I love his writing. And uh, I I think everybody on the podcast does. I think we we've all talked about how much we love his work. So I love the fact that he's going to be exclusively for DC. Uh, So my question is, can he just write every book? Um, I know that we'll be talking about (laughs) Joshua Williams here in a little bit, uh, or Williamson, and uh, he's kind of writing you know dc's universe is his toy box right now but um there's no reason why i can't be tom taylor's too i mean his work is uh you know incredible um uh so yeah i mean welcome aboard stay while. you know i i hope they they can give him some cool black label series to write um and just kind of let him go wild and say what character did you always dream about writing about or writing for and just let him go at it? I, w- I would love to see that. So, uh, yeah, this is this is this is great news for D.C. because he's such a talented writer uh, who is at the top of his game right now. So, yeah, I, I I think this is great. What about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, for
0: starters, he blew us away and, you know, just amazed everybody with his Injustice series and everything since then. You know, deceased. Um God. that nightwing series he's doing is just ridiculous. Like, yeah how do yeah, you not and,
1: uh, <laughs> our staff really loves it. Uh you know, yeah. according to you know, if you look at our Slack channel. Yeah, I mean that that's getting a lot of love at the D C comics news team. Without sure. no question.
0: Yeah. You can add me on that list, man. I mean he the the first story totally sucked me in and everyone since then is really he's really enjoying what he's doing and then i think one of the things that really registered too was not only his storytelling for superman son of kal but how he introduced some um, plot points developments for the character uh, addressing uh, jonathan kent's sexuality and when put up on a national stage where he's constantly being interviewed from with you know, everybody from CNN to you know, every major news source out there. His responses have just been so sincere, so genuine it it it's really resonated with who he is as the creator behind these characters and as the storyteller who, who just doesn't stop. I mean, Dark Knights of Steel now. I mean, the guy is is really doing a lot. as you pointed out, Williamson definitely has been um having his fun in a lot of different. <laughs> corners of the play box but um, I, I think I think this is a place where Tom Taylor is also carving out a really impressive you know, <laughs> section for himself too and Brad, until DC says that they have valid reasons for why he can't I, I think it's quite possible he could write just about everything that's going on or maybe they can divvy it up between him, Williamson and a few others and just sort of be like, yeah, we're just going to do this for a while, okay everybody okay? Okay Thanks. Um, <laughs> with that, I can only imagine what that exclusive contract can invite him to maybe even explore more, you know, maybe take greater right.
1: risks. Maybe. Yeah. because right? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I'm thinking now, sure. how much time does that free up for him? You know, now that if he's just with D.C., not, not that it frees up time, but if he has these other projects that he could put on hold and focus on D.C., that may free up a little bit of his time to focus on other DC projects. And maybe it's something, you know, you know, and I said, well, let him have free reign, but they kind of already do that. But still, he could have that much more now to be able to add to DC. That's what I'm saying. Give him some black label titles. Just let him go crazy. Agreed. Agreed. Because, you
0: know, one thing, if you haven't, you know, Followed Tom Taylor's work, or maybe only know of him through what he's done for DC. The guy's been everywhere. He's been at Marvel. He's got stuff at Dark Horse Boom. You know, you're, you're just trying to tell all the stories you can in all the places where it's possible until something like this comes along. Now that he's got this exclusive, sure, he can do other projects at some point later on with those studios. But for right now, he can put his full attention into what he can do at DC. And I imagine that there are characters on his, you know, (laughs) on his list where he's like, so I'd love to talk about some stuff with you guys. And I'm pretty sure that as fans of this story so far and as fans of the possibilities he wants to explore, what he's going to do with other characters that we know and love is only going to expand our excitement for the announcement of whatever project he's behind. So. I really think this just means that Brad is going to get the chance to say it's a great time to be a DC Comics fan a lot more (laughs) often. And we're going to say it in association to Tom Taylor Project. Sound about right, Brad? Am I I doing pretty good there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Just when I started uh, telling myself that I'm going to not buy every single DC book, then this gets announced. So now I just don't know. (laughs) I'm still going to be stuck buying most DC most dc books the
0: dangerous thing is you tried to think that and dc heard your thoughts and they were like yeah, oh yeah right. <laughs> oh yeah okay brad go ahead and say no here we're gonna put some stuff in. you you say no big guy <laughs> and i'm not right there with you going hey man it's okay if we show some weakness on this we can give in we can um because i'm right there with you when it comes to dc stuff uh i'm weak there's so many times where afterwards i'm like you know, I didn't mean to spend an extra 50 bucks this trip, and I did. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's not going to happen the next time.
1: So <laughs> with all of that... Yeah, that, that week I mean, of annuals killed me. Ooh. You know, I mean so many annuals man, two future weeks
0: ago.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Future
0: State so, was one of those things where it was like oh, 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 someone's going to get mad at me. I don't know if it's someone I'm with or credit cards or someone's going to get mad. Dude. Someone's going to get mad at what I'm doing. <laughs> now, one thing that I don't think anyone is uh, going to get mad about is the upcoming Swamp Thing in Green Hell. It's, uh, well, let's just say uh, it's an... It's an interesting story where we bring back Alec Holland. We've we've had a really fun you know storyline with Ram V telling of another avatar of the green, but Alec Holland is back for this one. And we've even got a little bit of a chance to take a peek at a nine-page preview and all the glory within. Brad, what did you think about this and the, the snippet we got to peek at? Uh, you know, I, I think
1: that I love having... Uh, Alec Hollenbeck. I I think that that's great. And I like the idea of a post-apocalyptic story that takes place in in mountaintops in a flooded earth. Um, But what stuck out out to me with this story is the art we got to see. Uh, It felt very inspired by Steve Dillon. And that just made me feel all nostalgic. And I don't know if you got that, but there's something that really reminded me of Steve Dillon in this art, and I just I love it. I I can't wait for this book. Um, I I love I love Jeff Lemire's writing, and uh, he and he describes Jeff Lemire describes Doug, uh, and I'm probably gonna pronounce his name wrong, Mac as one of the greatest artists in modern DC history. But um, I, yeah, I'm just loving this art because it reminds me so much of Steve Dillon and is. Make me feel very nostalgic. Uh, What about you?
0: Yeah, there's plenty of reasons to get excited for this story. I mean, for starters, uh, you know, when it comes to Jeff Lemire, like, how do you not feel confident with everything that guy puts his hands on Mm -hmm. and just sort of, you know, makes magic? He's like, oh, look, I'll make this magical. And you go, oh, look what you did, you blessed, blessed person. Um, and the setting in which the story is going to be told. It, if there's one thing I've seen Jeff Mayer do, it's excel at these you know uh, post-apocalyptic settings. Um, the the recent Sweet Tooth, uh, the new story about Sweet Tooth, takes place in a uh, a world after great calamity and tragedy, and he does such a wonderful job of of taking that and reflecting on it. Um, I definitely can see the sense and the spirit that you were talking about with Steve Dillon. Um, I I think you really captured something for me with that. I'm having trouble getting that page to load because for some reason right now, as I'm looking at the story, um, only sections of it are loading in. So there was points I wanted to come back and reference and I'm like, Really, right now the images mm-hmm. aren't loading for me. They right now, sounds. okay, okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's always when you're trying to little, look a little bit closer that it's like, oh, you want to see that? No, 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 we're not gonna. All right, so now I've got the yeah that that first cover shot. I, I love the sense of it, you know, the the water. Those are always great scenes where you have the view above the water and then the view below, and that, that sort of ominous feeling of there's two different worlds going on here there's what you see there's what's happening on the other side um that other cover with that really cool design feature is a lot of fun it sort of splits the cover up between those two images and then sort of pulls the directions a little bit um for me there is just a great deal of that we're just peeking at brilliance you know what i mean just peeking and um nice thing about a preview like that you know you, you get the sense of it you get the spirit of it you get the excitement that comes from it and i think uh i think the fun thing too is that we're now in a place where it doesn't just have to be a story about one of the swamp things we've got another one and maybe we've got room for others in the future i, I definitely know if they're going to be stories like this uh, there's a lot of reasons to be excited for it the, the imagery itself is just haunting as I'm able to finally flip through the pictures and, and remember some things that I wanted to. It, it just feels like there is a, a lot of darkness that's being addressed. And, and also I get this feeling of, of Swamp Thing as that that torn figure, you know, just, <laughs> you know, look around, man. Like it's, it's not a world where everything is working out right. There's a lot to be done and none of it's easy. And I think that yeah. challenge and that spirit is one of the things that always makes Swamp Thing one of those great characters. Like, you know, when you see him struggle, when you see him suffer, there's a party that's like, I, I get it, man. We struggle, we suffer. And uh, uh, that's going to be a really great thing to return to. We also have, um, as we were mentioning before, a little while back, about the TV and streaming news regarding Naomi, we also have some comic book news about Naomi, about a season two and. Uh maybe some next steps. Brad, what'd you think about this announcement? The fact that we get more Naomi in comics
1: Oh, this is probably my favorite story of this week. Um uh I love the first book and I'm so glad we're getting to season two and it makes sense. Uh it's coming out um a little after the T V series premieres, so uh you know, kind of strike while the iron's hot, so I get it. Uh, I love that the original team is coming back and they, I mean, it's it's Bendis, so I know that his DC work is very polarizing, but um, he definitely has the talent to understand that the character is in a completely different place than the first season of, you know, the comics. And that's something that he's taking seriously. Um, in, in fact, I, I recently just got caught up with um, his run on the Justice League where Naomi makes an appearance. It was so much fun to see her and see her kind of step into her own a bit. So that's going to be fun to watch them explore that in the second season. So um, if uh, the Naomi TV show is one of my big TV shows to look out for in 2022, I think this is one of the comics that's going to be um, one of my most anticipated of 2022. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait. Uh, what about you?
0: I definitely can't wait.
1: Um, Season one was amazing. And
0: yes, there are things about Bendis that I complain about, too. And there's also things that he does really well. And I feel like with Naomi, he really understood how to do all the things well that so many of us enjoy when he does them well. And for that reason, it it was one of those moments where it's like, you know what, man? I can forgive you a lot of the other stuff because you did this you did this right here and you did it so well that you might annoy me in other stories and other, like there was a mix with his justice league. There were parts that I liked. Naomi was the part that I liked probably the most, but there were other parts where I was like, okay, I don't know how I feel about you in ensemble. And I felt the same way with his Legion, but but with Naomi with, with just this one character and a few supporting characters, I feel like he really did a great job. Kind of felt the same way when he was doing stuff like Jessica Jones. Like you understand You know, with a singular character, he really seems to have a grasp of that dynamic with the supporting characters with the ensemble. I I don't get that same sense, I feel. Yeah,
1: I I think that Naomi was definitely far and away his best D.C. book that he's done since he uh, went to D.C. a few years ago after, you know, after he got out of the hospital. Yeah.
0: And, you know, maybe something changed. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. who knows what life experiences can do to change how you perceive the world or the stories you want to tell in it or the things you want to do. But what he can potentially do with season two and if he can, you know, carry on that same spirit of season one. I agree, Brad. This is going to be one of the best parts. Uh, time to call my comic book shop. It's time to go ahead and find out a few things and um, maybe make an investment in a couple of variants because <clears throat> there <laughs> will be variants. I know that I just... Come on, man. (laughs) Not our first rodeo. We know how this works. All right. Keeping things in the comic book story world, because we've still got a lot of excitement to share with you. We have an announcement of the Shadow Wars Batman Robin Deathstroke. Intrigued? Well, keep listening. Brad, what can you tell us about this and what you like and are excited about
1: Just when I was catching my breath from Fear State, now we got another (laughs) big Batman crossover that's going to have great ramifications across the DC universe. So here we go again. Um, I do think, though, that this is um, it's going to be kind of cool to see the story coming together because I think it's been what Joshua Williamson has been building up in these other series. Uh, Because now he's writing Batman, he's writing Deathstroke, he's writing Robin. So I think we're going to see all those threads come together, and that's going to be kind of cool to see. So I think that um, you know, this will definitely be worth uh, worth checking out. And the idea of Batman and Robin having to come to Deathstroke's aid and work with Deathstroke to protect him from Talia al Ghul, a uh, very intriguing story. So yeah, this could, be, uh, this could be cool. I think this is something that's going to be um, on a lot of people's uh, poll lists. Uh, what about you?
0: Well, definitely, especially with a teaser that suggests that he commits a unthinkable act that not only gets uh, Batman and Robin on his trail, but also Talia al Ghul and the League of Shadows. So go ahead and just think about what he could do to uh, make one of them angry or make the uh, League of Shadows angry and go from there, because... I think that one of the things that also catches me is the idea of the ramifications they described this series having. If there's one thing we've seen, it's how far at times DC has been willing to go. I mean, uh, if you told me that what happened to Alfred would have happened, I would have said, yeah, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. And then it happened. Um, So what unexpected or surprising turn of events we could experience and then what a great crossover, as you mentioned, Brad. I mean, he's already on Deathstroke. He's already doing Robin. We know he's about to take over Batman. Um, and if you're a writer and you get the chance to play in all of those worlds and bring them all together, I mean, that that's a rare opportunity. I, I would imagine you'd want to tell a great story that covers everything. So I'm looking forward to how much he can do, how much we're going to get to enjoy, and just how chaotic this is going to be. What I'm not excited for is the sort of, uh, anger I'm going to receive from my wallet and maybe other people who <laughs> yeah. depend on the contents of it because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just go when again, I thought right? I was getting <laughs> the money back in my pocket, right, you know, just when I thought I was out. Uh, um, <laughs> with that, we have one final uh, comic book story to uh, bring this way for you. And it's that the um, back Girls writers have been teasing a new Barbara Gordon villain. What do you think about Synoptian Brad?
1: Uh yeah, I, I'm really intrigued even more than the idea of the villain. How how serious they're taking uh the Barbara Gordon character and her disability and they're they're really taking that seriously. Um and it, it, in so many ways, I think Barbara Gordon was a more powerful character as Oracle. Uh, I think she is more interesting as Oracle uh, in the wheelchair and facing all those challenges than she was as as Batgirl. And the fact that she's going to have to face off against a anti-Oracle, that seems very, very dangerous. Um the idea of somebody who is not on the side of good having access to all that information is a very dangerous prospect. So that's kind of fascinating too. Uh yeah, so I I this is another book that I think might surprise people. I think um I, I think it's gonna be good. And and DC's really been pushing it too. They put that little teaser in uh in all the books a few weeks back. So yeah, this is definitely a book to keep your eye on. And uh, I think Barbara Gordon and the Anti-Oracle are also two characters to keep your eye on. Uh, what about you?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think one of the great things about what, what's going to be happening with Barbara and the Batgirls is that in the storyline recently when she ripped out the amp- implant, like she made that as a conscientious choice. Whereas before, she had been adapting as Oracle to what had been done to her by the Joker and the Killing Joke. Um, watching her make the choice to one pull out her implant and kind of take charge of herself and then two afterwards know that to continue as you know someone wearing a mask it involved a lot of risks and that she didn't know what the long term uh, version of her implant would be when it could give out so the fact that now she's making the conscious choice to take on a previous role Uh, Aware of the fact that, you know, she's got the choice that she could keep fighting as as long as she can until something forces her to stop. But instead of letting things get to that point, she's making the choice now, which I I really think is an interesting maturity thing that that's going to create some tensions at times. Like anytime you make a choice, there's going to be moments where you might question it, doubt it, you know, reconsider um, but how also this role as a mentor is is hopefully going to be one of those grounding things that informs your choice, makes it feel more, more concrete. And then also the idea of what we've been seeing recently in the Batman storylines and as we saw in Future State. What happens when the thing that had given her um, so much power, so much influence on the citizens of Gotham is corrupted? And then how is it that she has to take on villainous turns of that same idea like you know i always got a kick out of uh, the identity crisis concept where oracle is there helping the heroes and eventually Calcular was like oh yeah i'm gonna do it for the villains but i'm gonna charge and a lot um you know what i mean there's, there's always a good approach to doing things and there's always how someone can take that good approach and use it for villainous means. so i think we could see a really cool story using those different ideas Featuring not only Barbara in a transition, but also as a mentor and and I think discover just how amazing of a character she's always been and how much more so we'll get to see because of this series. So great stuff to be excited for. And just because we're moving out of the comic book news section doesn't mean we don't still have great stories for you to get excited for. In fact, we've got an announcement about a Batman the Animated Series audio drama podcast. Say that six times fast, but not right now, because Brad's going to talk. Brad, what do you think about this,
1: Michael? This is pretty huge news, because the Batman animated series was so beloved that there are so many fans out there right now that got into Batman because of the animated series. Its influence cannot be overstated uh and the fact that they're getting the cast back to do this uh yeah man people are gonna should flock to this um this this is is great news uh it's gonna be a lot of fun and man i can't wait to hear steve's take on this because steve we all know how much of a fan steve is of the batman batman in general and the animated series and a fan of audio drama so he must be loving loving this this is right up steve's alley so i can't wait to hear what uh, what he has to say um but yeah i think this is really cool um kevin conroy's coming back john glover i mean it's yeah this is this is going to be huge uh what about you
0: it's such a smart move i mean as you yeah. pointed out the batman animated series was so influential i mean so unbelievably influential and, yeah, I can only imagine now Steve is like, I'm going to need to do another podcast because I've got one going for Batman the Animated Series. Now i got to do one for <laughs> the Animated Series podcast. Um, and the fact that they know how important it is to recapture all of that great magic by bringing back the cast. And I think it's a really smart move. And I also think it's another way to tell New stories, original stories uh, continue the legacy and, you know, the love affair that so many fans have had with Batman, the animated series and that version of Batman, Batman's mythos. But also simply because, you know, there's opportunities within audio drama where you don't have to worry about the visualization because you have the best theater in the world. You have the listener's imagination and possibilities you can explore with that. You know what I mean? Like when you're trying to do a visual project, you always got to think about budget. How do you create something on the screen that's been read? Well, guess what? Audio, you just got to make sure it sounds good. Then uh, (laughs) you let the imagination take over. So I think there's a lot of fun and freedom involved with this, but I I love that they're doing it with characters that fans have known and loved and can continue to know and love. And uh, there are fans who love the... Characters on the right side of things, and they like those who end up walking somewhat of a murkier line. And for those who do, well, guess what? Rocksteady's Suicide Squad just dropped a gameplay trailer. Um, Rhett, what did you think about this?
1: Uh, you know, I don't... Uh, I kind of wanted to like it more than I did at this point. And... Uh I was and it could just be this particular trailer, so I'm still excited for the game. But it from what I saw, it feels more like a brawler than like the Arkham games. And I was looking for more of a real narrative driven game rather than just going in and beating beating up bad guys. But um I I, I love the flash scenes that we got and you were such a flash fan. I'm sure you dug those as well. It seems like Flash is going to play a really kind of cool part in the story. So I, 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 um, to me, I, 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 I'm also into single-player games. I don't like, I don't even like co-op games, honestly. I just like to play by myself. I don't like to play with people. I don't like to have to play competitively. I just want a good story that I can play through. And that's what I was hoping to get with this. And when they're mixing all these different characters, it's kind of hard to see how that's going to play out. So um, I I guess the bottom line is it's not exactly what I was expecting, but it is definitely a game I'm still excited for. Uh, What about you?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, those flash scenes, of course, you know, I was like, well, I do I buy a system just for a game so I can (laughs) (laughs) maybe play as a flash? Oh, get back to me later on that. And if you want to gift it to me, well, I'll leave you some information, but um, this does look like it's visually exciting and fun. Um, It it does appear to be definitely like a brawler shooter game. Um, I am curious to see like how they, or find out how they're going to do, like are there handoffs and, you know, is it a handoff for different levels or can you play different levels yeah. different characters as your choice? Um, right. And that's going to be a big
1: thing for me. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. kind of what I don't know. You know, and that's what I'm curious about.
0: Yeah, I think if you wanted to win people over right from the get go, you let them play whatever character they want on the gameplay through. And you tweak it every time just a little bit for each character. That's a lot of investment, but I, I, I think that's that's how you make it work. I mean, if you're going to do it that way, because otherwise you do have all those complications of like, well, you can only really enjoy this game if you like co-ops and you get buddies on and, and all of you can do this as a team thing. And then I'm like, oh, okay, so there's limits. You know what I mean? You can't just plug in, play and enjoy. And and I think if it's a game that appeals to everybody, it gives you your options, lets you play the game the way you want to and you have the freedom of your choice, not kind of being dictated, this is how you can play the game. So yeah, man, I'm with you. Like if they can change that up, I think they have a really um a winning opportunity. But I did think it was a fun looking trailer. I love the comedic moments from the flash because, you know, when you're moving that fast, why not have a little bit of fun? Throw some chuckles. Mm-hmm. It can make for a uh, good time. Now an announcement that has less to do with chuckles and I feel is going to have a lot more to do with Majesty is uh, there's a Wonder Woman game on the way from Monolith. Okay, um, what? Brad, did you know anything about this beforehand? Have you been on like the No, there, two- was a lot dinner, of, there was a lot of
1: there was a lot of lot of cool announcements at um, the Game Awards. This was definitely up there, uh, man. Uh, so Monolith is a great studio. They they're the ones who created Middle Earth, Shadows of Mordor, and Shadow of War. And those games were both very influenced by the Arkham games. So I I love that. I love the idea of an Arkham-influenced Wonder Woman game. And in those games, what made them stand out in those um, Mordor games is the fact that they have what was the nemesis system, where you would fight enemies And then you would fight them later and they would kind of evolve in levels as you did. So you would meet them later in the game and they'd be stronger and harder to fight. And it says that the Wonder Woman game is going to use that same system. So, oh, man, this is probably my second favorite story of the week. I'm so looking forward to this. But as um, as a gamer, I know I'm probably going to have to wait quite a while because they certainly didn't release, uh, you know, give a release date for it. And video games are very hard to develop. So I, I'm not expecting this anytime soon. I would say maybe 2023. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait. If if uh, the Suicide Squad game wasn't uh, a reason enough to buy a system, this game should be. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, what about you? Uh, it's time to start selling the blood.
0: Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> However you get your money is your bit. business. No. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just want to start saving up because yes, as you point out, we might have some time in which it's possible to start saving because uh, all we really did get in the video clip that they shared is a quick teaser, but it is gorgeous looking teaser. I loved all the lighting and the, you know, pageantry that goes with it. And it's Wonder Woman. Like, how do you not want to be interested now? I sure. love that you point out some great gameplay things to think about, like the nemesis system. I think that's a really cool concept. I haven't experienced it because I haven't played the Arkham series, but I've only heard glowing reviews from you guys, and I love also what you said oh, about the the
1: yeah the nemesis system wasn't used in the Arkham games. It was just used in the Shadow uh, the the Mordor games. Oh,
0: sorry, yeah, the Mordor yeah. games.
1: Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm intrigued by that idea, and I like the way you presented it, and. Who knows? By the time it comes out, maybe I'll I'll have broken down and there'll be a gaming system and, you know, I, I might have to play it in a room that's built off the side of the house, otherwise <laughs> known as a shed or a place where the dog sleeps. But let's worry about that bridge when we get there. What I do know is <laughs> this is a really fun story for us to uh, wrap up this week's episode, number 144, the DC Comics News podcast. And If you like the way we did this one, we'll keep on coming back for more. We're always going to be coming back to you. And thankfully, it's not just me. You're also going to get the great wonders that always come with Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, should the good folks want to follow up with you in between episodes or just sort of know what you're getting into, where can they find your work, your writing, all the stuff that you do in between Uh
1: episodes? You know, you can find me at DC Comics News uh, or News and Reviews. Uh, You can find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. And uh, what about you, Seth? Where can people find you?
0: Yeah, you can find me back here on the weekly podcast. I come on as often as possible. There's nothing better than getting all the best news stories and talking about them with uh, fellow fans like you and uh steve and kelly and kendra and josh and the whole gang when well, we got them even damien on occasion and um otherwise you can catch me hosting uh, dc comics News spinner rack writing reviews for dc comics news and popping in on other podcasts like mad love and uh you know hopefully one day getting the chance to be a guest on flicky fashion it's coming your way soon mr brad flicky just let you know it's, it's in store just hang out it's coming it's coming it's coming um Other than that, you know, just type my name into a search engine. You'll find me out there. Pick your favorite platform. Say hey. And when it comes to the weekly podcast, whatever platform. Oh, my dog's really excited. I think she really likes it when I say podcast. Uh, Whatever platform you're (laughs) listening to the weekly podcast on, hit subscribe. And then tell a friend to check out their favorite one. We're on all the big ones from iTunes to Spotify and all those fun ones. And you can also find us on a lot of the smaller ones. And, you know. We're just here to bring you the best. We also want to let you know we're on all your favorite social media platforms Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and more. All you need is the ad symbol in DC Comics News. Capital D, capital C, capital C, O M I C S, capital N E W S. Send us a message. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear it. And as we always like to say at the end of each and every one of these episodes, always read more. Comics. Comics. Yeah, (laughs) look at that. Boom. All right, Josh, go ahead and hit that theme
1: music. We're out of here. (laughs)